This is Financially Tuned with Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard of Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another weekly episode of Financially Tuned with myself, Baron Fitzgerald from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. My partner in crime, Mr. Simon Hilliard, is unavailable this week, so it will just be myself as well as our infamous co-host, Tony Shore, um, which probably will make it a much more interesting show. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Uh, I did want to point out at at any time during the show, um, if you have any questions or if you'd like a little bit more information about previous shows, you can feel free to either give us a call at 855-793-2409 or visit us on our website, wellingtonadams.com. And as I mentioned before on that website, um, feel free to go over to the radio page and you can check out any past shows. Um, today's topic is called qualified versus non-qualified money. And basically all money spends the same but not all money is taxed the same. And in today's episode, we're gonna talk a little bit about the differences between qualified money versus non-qualified money and how the possible tax treatment is going to affect both types of accounts. Depending upon your unique situation for retirement, it actually might be beneficial and usually is to have both types of assets at your disposal. Um, You know, both types of assets are going to have different tax treatments. So it can be really beneficial down the road as to where you pull your monies from when you're taking out an income. At this point, I'd like to welcome to the show, as I mentioned earlier, our infamous co-host, Tony Shore. How you doing, Tony? Oh, I'm doing great, Baron. Thanks for having me on the show once again. And uh, I'll try to fill the gaps since Simon isn't here. You and I will have <laughs> to just talk a little bit more than usual, I suppose. And, I guess that's uh, all right. Yeah, that's okay. It's going to be a good show. Uh, it sounds like a great topic today. Very timely and important. A lot of folks out there probably don't understand uh, the difference between qualified and non-qualified, or they might think they do, but don't realize all the ramifications. So before we get into that, though, I will say, yeah, I've had a great week, Baron. How about you? How are you doing? How's everything at Wellington Adams? Everything's great, Tony. Had a really, really busy week this past week, getting ready for the year-end stuff and just meeting with a lot of clients because they have a lot of questions about taxes and things of that nature as well. So yeah, been really, really busy. How about you? Yep, definitely. Oh man, have I been busy. It's just, it seems like this time of year is crazy running around with the kids and and work. So uh, I've been crazy busy. And and jumping back into our topic, uh, before we get too far into the discussion, Maybe give us a definition on what qualified and non-qualified money is and how do we tell the difference between the two? I actually get that a lot, Tony, from our clients. You know, they're just not really familiar what those definitions mean. They kind of get them confused. 
You know, simply stated, qualified money means it qualifies for tax deferral in the IRS's eyes. And non-qualified means it's just like regular money. It's money that you've already paid taxes on. A lot of people, you know, as I said before, they get a little bit confused with this, so you're not alone. Today, we're going to help our audience understand a little bit more about what makes these accounts different and why they both may have value to you. Um, as with many things in your retirement strategy, there are going to be some pros and cons to both qualified and non-qualified accounts. And what's right for you really just depends upon your unique goals and your individual situation. For the typical retirement saver, you know, having a mix of both qualified and non-qualified accounts can really provide balance and flexibility for an ever-changing tax environment. So what exactly is the difference between qualified and non-qualified accounts? The account definitions are actually established and regulated by the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. It's commonly referred to as ERISA which was actually enacted into law in 1974. Wow. <laughs> 1974 was a long time ago, or at least it seems like it to me. Uh, in not too many more years, Arissa herself will be old enough for retirement. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, actually, Tony, there have been many attempts to update um, Arissa, but for now, let's just stick to qualified versus non-qualified accounts. They're, they're tricky enough for... Uh, a lot of people and understanding what the benefits are. So we'll just kind of talk about that today. Oh, that sounds good. I mean, that's a good point. Let's dive into the difference then between these two types of accounts. What made, makes each one of these unique? Well, as I mentioned earlier, qualified accounts are designed to give you tax benefits on funds that you invest and they help you build a bigger asset pool to jump into at retirement time, or at least that's the hope. Non-qualified accounts, they don't really come with the, the same tax benefits, but they do come with the freedom to move your monies, often without any kind of age restrictions or um, withdrawal penalties, just depending upon the investment product. Right, and that, but that gets a little confusing. <laughs> Well, yeah, that can definitely muddy up the waters a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, in addition to having different benefits, both accounts come with some rules on how you can use them. And these rules are designed to keep people from taking advantage of loopholes that were created when qualified accounts were first established. Qualified plans in particular, they also come with a few additional benefits that may make following the rules worth it. That's one reason that many employer-sponsored accounts are established as qualified plans. For example, a 401k, uh, 403b, that's a qualified plan. So, and those are very common, 401ks especially, but also 403bs, uh, accounts like that. Uh, those are common retirement savings options for a lot of people out there, right? Yeah, many, many uh, companies do offer 401ks. Um, a lot of my clients, they're very familiar with the 401k. They're not familiar exactly how it works, but they know that they, your company offers one and they know that they should take advantage of it. Um, actually, on the flip side, one of the reasons employers like offering qualified plans is because it actually makes them eligible for a tax break on the funds that they contribute to their employees' accounts. And this is going to provide a benefit for both the employer as well as the employee. So if your employer participates in a 401k match 
or otherwise contributes a percentage of your salary to your retirement plan, they're also receiving a tax break for doing so. Ah, I see. So it's it's basically a win-win situation at that point. Uh, yeah. Qualified accounts, they also require employers to treat everyone equally. If a company offers a 3% match, they must offer that 3% match to everyone who qualifies. You know, this isn't just for the executive level. This benefit covers everyone in the company who qualifies and it treats them exactly the same. Now, there are some options that employees can offer to high income earning employees, which we'll cover a little bit later on. Yeah. Well, and this sounds very important that we go over these things. Um, now, our time is almost up for this first segment, Baron. Is there anything else you want to talk about or add before we take a quick break? Well, Tony, just that prepare, you know, preparing for retirement can be really overwhelming and even nerve-wracking, but you know, you don't have to do it alone. Please feel free if you have any questions um, um, about qualified versus non-qualified accounts, if you need to know, you know what the benefits are or to establish setting them up, please feel free to give us a call at 855-793-2409 or visit us on our website, www.wellingtonadams.com. All right. Thanks. And listeners, stay tuned to listen and learn more about some of the critical things you need to consider as you look into qualified and non-qualified accounts with our host here on Financially Tuned, Baron Fitzgerald, right after this. Want to help mitigate the uncertainty of future taxes and lower your taxes on Social Security benefits? With tax-free qualified distributions and growth of earnings, converting your 401k to a Roth IRA could be your solution. At Wellington Adams Investment Advisory, we can answer your questions regarding 401k and IRA rollovers. We work with a team of CPAs and professionals who can help you avoid potential pitfalls. Visit us at wellingtonadams.com to learn more. And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. Our host is Baron Fitzgerald. Uh, our His co-host, Simon Hilliard's out today. Uh, but Baron and I, we're holding down the fort, right, Baron? It's a good show Absolutely. so far. Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, uh, people can go to your website. It's wellingtonadams.com, correct? Yes. Um, right. As we mentioned earlier, you know, we have past radio shows that are on there. Um, they have, any, We also offer many things to the client, retirement income toolkit, social security uh, maximization planning, um, color of money planning just many different informational things that they can just go on our website and take a look at. Oh, that's awesome. Again, that's wellingtonadams.com and uh, check out the show page, the radio show page. You can subscribe to the show and uh, do num numerous things there. Now, uh, today we're talking about non-qualified versus qualified accounts. And uh, you've been talking about the difference between the two. Um, before the break, you were talking about some reasons an employer uh, would offer a qualified plan. And you mentioned they get tax benefits as well as the employee, right? Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget that as an employee, you know, you're also definitely benefiting from an account like a non-Roth 401k. So for example, just a regular 401k. You'll notice that your contributions to these accounts, they come off the top of your salary, so to speak. So your money is invested in the account without taxes being taken out, which is known as a pre-tax distribution. Um, this is where a lot of the benefit comes into play as far as the tax efficiency of 401ks. 
So is that money tax-free for the employee? No, not quite. Um, ultimately, you're definitely going to wind up paying taxes on the money later on when you withdraw from the account. Um, you know, whether typically you have to wait until at least 59 and a half because of penalties being applied, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But the tax advantage 401k allows you to use more of your money to compound your returns. Um, it's, it's called triple compounding. Your principal is earning interest. The interest is earning interest. And the monies that you would have paid in taxes earns interests. So it grows faster. Oh, okay. So that's one uh, advantage of a uh, qualified account where the the money goes in tax-free and can grow tax-free. You just have to pay taxes on it when it comes out. Uh, But are there limitations or regulations on these qualified accounts? Yep, there are, Tony. Um, With the benefits of qualified accounts, there come some rules. Um, Generally, there are limitations to how much money you can put into a qualified account. Uh, For example, for a 401k in 2018, the um, maximum amount is 18,500. In 2019, they're going to bump that up to 19,000 that you'll be allowed to contribute. And if you're age 50 or older, you have a catch-up amount that you can actually contribute to your 401k of 6,000 which will stay the same in 2019. Um, you can also uh, do that for your IRAs as well. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. Now, you mentioned age 59 and a half, <laughs> and I always get a kick out of the IRS and the government with these designations like 59 and a half, 70 and a half. Uh, I don't know why they do the half years, but uh, how does it's that- the IRS, Tony. That's <laughs> right, <laughs> because they can, I guess, make right. it difficult. Well, w- what about that 59 and a half? How does that come into play? Well, it's another important restriction uh, of many qualified accounts. If you try to withdraw money from these accounts before you turn 15 and a half, uh, excuse me, 59 and a half, you may be faced with a sizable 10% penalty. I mean, the whole idea behind it is that they're trying to force you to save for retirement. So one of the disadvantages is if you want your money before 59 and a half, you're going to have to pay that penalty. Now, there are some exceptions to that, which we can get into a little bit later. But generally speaking, if you want to pull your money out before 59 and a half, you're going to have to pay that 10% penalty. Also, um, at age 70 and a half, you're required to start taking distributions from your IRA. Um, They're referred to as RMDs, which is short for required minimum distributions. The IRS basically says that, you know, we're we're tired of waiting. We've waited long enough for our monies, for our taxes. We're going to require you to start taking distributions from your accounts and collecting the taxes that, you know, they're owed. One exception, though, is if you're currently working for a company, and have a 401k with that company, you're actually not required to start taking distributions from that one account until you retire. Now, if you have other IRAs from other past previous jobs, those you do have to take the required minimum distributions. But if you're working for a company um, that has a 401k, you do not have to pull from that when you're 17 and a half if you're still working for that one company. Ah, okay, I did not know about that rule. Uh, speaking of rules, uh, what are those exceptions that you mentioned that allow us to withdraw at other times uh, before 59 and a half? Well, occasionally, Congress will pass laws that allow limited time special distributions. 
in February of 2018, the Bipartisan Budget Act passed both the House of Representatives and the United States Senate. And this bill eventually became law, and the IRS produced uh, Publication 590-B for all those uh, really <laughs> people people that are really interested in IRS, <laughs> which actually updated the existing law. Um, on IRS.gov, in the posting Publication 590-B 2017, distributions from individual retirement arrangements, IRAs, they define the new rules for tax-favored withdrawals and repayments from certain retirement plans for taxpayers who suffered economic losses as a result of Hurricane Harvey, Irma, or Maria. So this was actually a special instance by the government to aid taxpayers in the event of a natural disaster. So that's one of the new ones that they just passed. So basically what you're saying, exceptions are rare and they're usually linked to specific events like a hurricane or a wildfire. You know, obviously, Tony, those types of situations are fairly unique and not common for most taxpayers. Uh, there are some other situations, um, specific situations for people that will allow them to take distributions prior to 59 and a half without incurring the penalty, but they are relatively rare is what we're trying to point out. Sure. sure. Um, so now what we'll do is we'll take a, a deeper look at non-qualified accounts um, non-qualified accounts are still a part of your comprehensive retirement strategy. Now, a lot of people, you know, all they have is IRA money. So if that's the case, then no, but there's also a lot of regular non-qualified money that's available to clients. And we have to learn how to put that into our retirement strategy as far as the most tax efficient way as possible. Sure. Those non yeah, those non-qualified accounts, so they come with less rules then you're going to find with the uh, qualified plans. Sure. Well, uh, let's dive into those, uh, those non-qualified accounts and the rules that go along with those. On the other side of this commercial break, our time is almost up for this segment. Uh, Baron, do you have any closing comments before we take a quick commercial break here? Just again, Tony, um, you know, if anyone has any questions, um, please feel free to visit our website, www.wellingtonadams.com. Um, if they'd like to have a specific question, um, we would love to try to address that, especially regarding qualified monies versus non-qualified, what type of account you have. Um, you can call us at 855-793-2409. All right. That sounds great, Baron. Thanks for that. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back to talk about those non-qualified accounts and what they could mean to you with our host, Baron Fitzgerald, here on Financially Tuned after this. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory by visiting wellingtonadams.com or by calling us at 855-793-2409. And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And the man with the plan is here, Baron Fitzgerald from Wellington Adams. Now, today we're talking about qualified versus non-qualified accounts. And Baron, you've been talking about the difference between the two uh, some of the things that make them different, why qualified plans are attractive to both employees and employers. And then you you went into the significance of that uh, 59 and a half uh, rule. 
Now we're going to talk a bit about those non-qualified plans, as you mentioned before the break, and some of their benefits, right? Yeah, that's right, Tony. Um, with non-qualified accounts, you can, since they're already, you know, you've already paid income tax on those funds, you can generally do what you want to do with them. Unlike qualified accounts, there aren't any contribution limits or distributions that you have to take out of the account. Um, you could, for example, sell stocks and redeem shares without paying any penalties. You're taxed on the dividends, the gains and interest, but not on the original um, or the, princ the original principal amount invested. That's your cost basis. Um, you've already paid taxes on that original amount invested. The only portion that's going to be taxed are the gains. So that's interesting. So if I invested $100 and withdrew $150 because it had grown, uh, would I only be taxed on the $50 then? Well, yeah, typically, I mean, that's the general idea. Um, you know, you, like you just said, you had a hundred dollars, let's say you got a CD. Okay. And you, I'll, I'll use it for more specific examples. Let's just say you put a hundred dollars in the CD. Um, as you said, the, uh, CD got paid whatever percentage and you kept it in there and it kept growing. And now it's at $150 and you want to know what your tax consequences is. Well, on the $100 that you originally put in, you already paid tax on that. So the only thing that you're going to pay is, like you said, on that $50, whatever tax bracket you're in. I mean, there are many factors also to keep in mind, but that's generally the idea. Well, that's interesting. So that makes sense to me, though. You're only paying it uh, on the gains, not on the principal. So uh, I get it. Um, can non-qualified accounts be offered by employers like they do with qualified accounts and 401ks? Yeah, we actually touched base on this a little bit earlier. Non-qualified accounts definitely can be offered by employers. Um, a lot of times employers are going to use non-qualified accounts to supplement the income of highly paid employees um, because they're not subject to the same contribution limitations as qualified accounts. Also, unlike qualified accounts, employers aren't required to treat everyone equally with a non-qualified plan. That's as I mentioned before, those are some options for some highly compensated individuals. Um, the company can actually offer non-qualified plans to these people as well. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So uh, that makes sense. And obviously um, that won't apply to everyone, but it's helpful to know, right? Yeah. Again, everyone's situation is unique and you know it has to be addressed as such. Typically, working with a financial services professional is going to be able to help you determine, you know, what are the right steps for your unique situation? You know, how much of your assets can be allocated more towards the 401k side on the qualified plan and then how much you can actually allocate more towards the non-qualified plan. Yeah, and that's where you come in and, and our listeners can uh, give you a call and set up a, a complimentary consultation. The initial consultation, there's no cost. There's no obligation. They can ask you these questions. I think it's great. And uh, let me see if, if I got this right. To recap, um, one way to categorize qualified and non-qualified accounts is the type of tax advantages they offer. I think that's uh, the bottom line to what you've been saying here, Baron. And if our money is invested in a way that it provides tax-deferred growth, uh, we may be dealing with a qualified account. Uh, and that's governed by ERISA. Uh, qualified accounts offer some benefits to help build our nest egg then, right? 
Yep, that's right, Tony. Your qualified accounts, they're also subject to maximum contribution limits, as I mentioned before, and age-based restrictions on when and how you can withdraw your money. Non-qualified accounts, on the other hand, they're comprised of funds that are taxed before you invest them. So you're not limited on how much you can contribute, and you're only taxed on, as I mentioned before, the dividends, gains, or interests on that, you know, that's gained on that when you take the withdrawal sure. out. Sure, sure. Sure. And that's, I, I think that's really important. So tax benefits are a huge part of what makes a qualified and non-qualified account different then. Yep. In fact, there's even a difference when it comes to reporting information to the IRS. Non-qualified accounts involve a lot less paperwork. Uh, the U.S. Department of Labor only requires a short form. However, with a qualified account, a form 5500 has to be filed with the IRS each year. In addition, the plan sponsor must provide a summary annual report to all account holders and beneficiaries within two months of the uh, annual filing deadline. Well, Tony, it seems that's all the time that we have for today to go over the qualified and non-qualified retirement accounts. I mean, I know we've kept it very, very general and simplistic. Um, we're hoping that you know people got something out of this segment and um, that you feel a little bit more encouraged about contributing to your retirement accounts. It really is a benefit to do so. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but I really want to stress the fact also that if you can, if an employer has a certain amount that they're matching to your 401k, you know, typically say 3%, you really want at a bare minimum to be putting at least that amount into your 401k. Because if you're not at least getting the employer match, you're really just basically throwing away free money. So we really stress that at the very least, please invest at least in the 401k plan, what your company is willing to match. Yeah, that's great advice. And uh, definitely, uh, you want to take advantage of that. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we go today? Uh, just, you know, you can visit our website, wellingtonadams.com. Um, again, we have a lot of information on that site as far as retirement toolkits are, uh, are concerned. We have a social security maximization report that we can provide to our clients, color of money to determine how much of their assets uh, should be allocated more towards the safe side and how much can be allocated more towards growth opportunities. Um, you know, we're dedicated to providing clients with the information that they need to help make sound decisions and build a strong retirement. So if you have any questions, again, feel free to visit the website, look at our uh, past radio pages, or give us a call at 855-793-2409. Um, anyone that calls in from the radio show, we provide a complimentary consultation to sit down with them and answer any questions that they may have regarding their specific retirement situation. All right. Sounds great. And great show today, Baron. Listeners, that does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned with our host, Baron Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Baron Fitzgerald or Simon Hilliard at Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. Call 855-793-2409 or visit them online at wellingtonadams.com.
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Baron Fitzgerald, Simon Hilliard, and Wellington Adams Investment Advisor are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.